Let's go to God's Word. John 1, 29. We're just going to, I'm just going to spring from verse 29. And if you're here as a guest, um, this sermon's going to be a little bit different than anything I've ever done before. But... Um, what we typically do is we read God's Word and we work through it, trying to understand what, what it meant to the original audience and then to apply it to our own lives. This is going to be a little bit different, and you're going you're gonna to see why that is in just a moment. But we're going to read verse uh, 29, which is going to pick up where we left off. We left off with John giving us this great description of John the Baptist. Had a new believer come up to me last week and say, Are, is John and John the Baptist the same person? I'm confused. That's a great question. They're not the same person. John was one of the disciples of Jesus, the beloved, one of Jesus' best friends. He wrote the gospel of john he wrote the letters first second and third john and he also wrote the last book of the bible revelation that's the john who's writing this john the baptist was the man who came before jesus we talked about him last week who paved the way for jesus his life was to point to jesus now that john the baptist is recorded as saying something the next day. John tells us the next day something happened after his description of, of John the Baptist. So verse 28, we see these things took place in Bethany across the Jordan where John the Baptist was baptizing. Verse 29, the next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is another name and title for Jesus. One of the things we do when we meet someone for the first time is there certain questions we ask? First one, what's your name? Now, here in the West, one of our other questions, immediately following that one, what's your name? And then we ask, what do you do? Doing's real important to us. <laughs> it's not as important in other cultures, what you do. It's real important here. I heard someone say, we actually should be more concerned with who people are, not what they do. What you do is not necessarily and a, a recognition of who you are. But it would be kind of odd if we asked people, who are you, not what do you do? But who are you is a more important question. But we like to ask people their names, what's your name, and what do you do? That's why, and I was thinking about names... We're going to be talking about names a lot today. That's why I was thinking it's so crucial. We've got a lot of young parents here. It's so crucial that you name your child with your child's welfare in mind. You remember back in school, don't you? There was a kid in our school. He was a fine kid. But his parents named him Tracy. 
and and it was a guy. And it was like, now back then, like now you got Tracy McGrady who played in the NBA, but um, back then it was, it was brutal for him to have that he had a girl's name. And it was, it was brutal. So we got to be careful of, of this thing. You know, you, you name your kid like some uh, real uber bougie, uh, cool name, and you get all kinds of likes on Instagram, but your kid's got to live with it. And that stuff doesn't get cool for another 20 years. Names are important. In case you're wondering, most popular boys' names right now, if you're naming kids, I see some babies out here. If you're usually they're named by the time they come to church, but if you're if you uh, are looking for a name, what's really popular right now is Liam for boys. So that's that's what's trending now: Liam for boys and Olivia for girls. That's that's what's really popular. The scriptures give many 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 names for Jesus. Did you know this? Many names for Jesus. The one that occurs the most often is Christos. It's Greek for Christ. Jesus Christ. That's the most popular name and title given to Jesus. It's used so often in the Bible that people actually think that Jesus' last name is Christ. But it's not. Jesus is his name. Christ is his title. Christ translates Messiah. He is Jesus, Messiah. Jesus Christ is an affirmation that Jesus is the Messiah, the Savior of the world. Jesus Christ. After Jesus Christ, the next most frequent title used for Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. The third most frequent title and name used for Jesus is something that you probably wouldn't recognize, but it's used eight, more than 80 times in the New Testament. In fact, it's the designation that Jesus preferred for himself. So if you came up to Jesus and said, who are you? He would most likely have said, I'm the son of man. We don't even understand what that means. But that's the third most used designation for Jesus. You know that in the first chapter of John, the first chapter of John, we were introduced to all these names and titles to Jesus. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. But then we learned in that same passage, that introduction that John gave us, that Jesus was the creator of all things, that he is the light of the world, that he's the life of salvation. So right in that opening chapter, John is fascinated with the names and titles of Jesus. Now look at this. This passage, I just want to do something here because I want you to see this. This next passage, which we're going to unpack in its entirety, we'll chop it up next week 
when we're together. But I'm just going to read through some of this quickly. And I thought I'll, I'll get a little activity going here. Every time you see or hear a name of, or title for Jesus, just put your hand in the air. Okay? So watch what happens here. The next day, he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, I'll, I'll set this one up real easy. Behold, the Lamb of God. Okay? Did you see it? Who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, after me comes a man who ranks before me because he was before me. I'm reading fast because I just want to move through this. And I myself did not know him, but for this purpose I came baptizing with water that he might be revealed to Israel. And John bore witness. I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and have borne witness that this is the Son of God. We got two, right? The next day again, John was standing with two of his disciples, and he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. So that's not three, that's two. He's already used that one. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following, said to them, What are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher. Okay, see what's happening here. Come and you will see. Where are you staying? He said, come and you'll see. So they came. They saw where we were staying. They stayed with him that day, about the 10th hour. One of the two heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother, Simon, and said to him, we have found the Messiah. You see this? Which means Christ. I just told you that. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, so you're, you're Simon, the son of John. You shall be called. I love this. We're not even going to get into this, but he changes his name right there. So names are important. He says, you're Simon, the son of John. Well, from now on, you shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. So don't raise your hand for that one. That's a name for someone else. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth. Do you believe this? Have you ever seen so many names for one person in one small paragraph? The son of Joseph. You might count that. Nathaniel said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathaniel, Nathaniel coming toward him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Nathaniel said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered him, Before Philip called you, when, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathaniel answered him, Rabbi, we've already seen that one, you are the Son of God. You are the king of Israel. Do you believe this? You didn't see this when you first read this. Have you seen this? How many titles and names John uses for Jesus? Jesus answered him, because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree. So do you believe you will see greater things than these. And he said to him, truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the son of man. How many was that? I lost count. Why, John? Why? Why does John 
use so many titles and names for Jesus. Why does that matter? Do you remember John's purpose for writing? You're going to get so sick of hearing me say this. What's his purpose for writing? Flip in your Bibles. The answer's right there. John 20, verse 31. He tells you why he wrote this. I've written these things so that, there's this reason, you might believe in the name of Jesus. And through believing, you might become the children of God. Why has he written this, church? He's written this that we might see Jesus. And if we see Jesus, John's hope, his appeal, is that you would believe in him. John wants you to be saved. He wants every reader to see Jesus and to come to trust in him. He believes that if he presents to you Jesus as he really is, that you will see him as so great, so beautiful, so so magnificent, so transcendent, so unbelievably merciful, so incredibly loving, that you wouldn't choose to do anything with Jesus other than to respond to him, to trust him to love him, to follow him. Even when he says, take up your cross, deny yourself, and follow me. That's why G John is presenting all of these names for Jesus. He wants people to see Jesus for who he really is. And so by telling us who he is, he helps us to do that. My friend Tom was telling me a story that I thought so illustrates the point that I'm trying to make. He was telling me that he was on a business trip and he landed in Nevada, 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 Nevada. It's been a long time since I studied the 50 states. He landed there late at night, needed to get to his destination, jumps into his car late at night puts the destination into his GPS and takes off driving down these windy roads, not noticing anything particularly, anything particular specific about the drive. He just drove through the darkness and then he got to his destination and he went to bed. He got up the next day to drive the same route. And it was an entirely different experience. Because in the darkness, he could not see the mountains, the deserts, the contrast of color in the big blue skies. And he could see for miles and miles and miles. And he was struck by all that he could see once the darkness had been lifted. It was all there that night. It was, all, it was all right there. He just couldn't see it. This is why I believe Jesus is referred to as the light and the life. It's Jesus is who he is. We're not going to make him anything more than he is. He is who the scriptures declare him to be. But sometimes 
we don't see. The scriptures say that the, the holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty and the earth is full of his glory. But sometimes I don't see his glory. I need someone to turn the lights on. John wants to turn the lights on and help us all to see the greatness of Jesus. So he gives us all of these names. He wants us to see. God wants us to see the depth and the riches of all that God was communicating through the many titles he has ascribed and attributed to his son, Jesus. Why? You should always ask why. I'll answer what it's the 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 I'm going to give you the answer that's not the answer. That was a complicated way of saying I'm going to say the wrong thing. Why? It's not so that you can have a mind filled up with knowledge about God. It's not why John's doing this. Why do we need a grand vision of Christ? Because your spiritual growth is inexplicably, not inexplicably, inextricably bound up with, tied to your view of God. If you want a soul that is thriving, then you need a grand vision of God. Another way of saying it, if you have a grand vision of Christ, then the inevitable result will be a soul that is flourishing. Spiritual growth. Who wants to grow spiritually? Who wants to have a soul that flourishes? What keeps our souls flourishing is a grand view of the greatness and the love and the mercy of Christ Jesus. This is the reason why John gives us all these names because our spiritual growth is inextricably tied to our vision and our view of Christ Jesus. As your God shrinks, your soul shrivels. As your God expands, so does your soul. Do you want a shriveling soul? Do you want a, sh a soul that looks more like a raisin or a prune? No, you want a soul that is flourishing. You were created to have a soul that would flourish. And God wants it to flourish. And the way it flourishes is he gives you a vision of Christ. What I want to do this morning is share with you some of the names of Jesus from the New Testament. The name and the script, scripture reference. 
Jesus is almighty. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Jesus is the bread of life. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Have you believed in the bread of life? Jesus, son of David. This is the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, the son of David. Author of life. You killed the author of life but God raised him from the dead we are witnesses of this Jesus the gate therefore Jesus said again very truly I tell you I am the gate for the sheep all who have come before me are thieves and robbers but the sheep have not listened to them I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. Jesus, the chief shepherd. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. Jesus Christ let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts since as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful light of the world when Jesus spoke again to the people he said I am the light of the world Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus, our deliverer. And in this way, all Israel will be saved. As it is written, the deliverer will come from Zion. He will turn godlessness away from Jacob. Jesus, Emmanuel, the virgin, will receive, conceive, and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Jesus, Lord of glory. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Jesus, the Alpha and Omega, look, I am coming soon. My reward is with me, and I will give to each person according to what they have done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. 
Jesus, God. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands? Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Jesus is your Prince of Peace. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Jesus, the heir of all things. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he made the universe. Jesus is the holy and righteous one. The scripture says you disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. Bread from heaven. Jesus said to them, very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it's my father who gives you the true bread of heaven. Jesus is the way, truth, and life. Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Jesus, spiritual rock. They all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them, and that rock was... Christ. Jesus, I am. Very truly, I tell you, Jesus answered, before Abraham was born, I am. At this, they picked up stones to stone him, but Jesus hid himself, slipping away from the temple ground. Jesus, King of the Jews. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born the King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose. We've come to worship him. Jesus, author and perfecter. You feeling this? Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. For the jewel he set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and he sat down at the right hand of God. Jesus, the last Adam. So it is written, the first Adam became a living being, the last Adam a life-giving spirit. Spiritual did not come first, but the natural, and after that, the spiritual. The first man was of the dust of the earth. The second man, the last Adam, is of heaven. 
As was the earthly man, so are those who are of the earth. And as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are of heaven. And just as we have borne the image of the earthly man, so shall we bear the image of the heavenly man. Jesus, a faithful and true witness to the angel of the church in Laodicea write, these are the words of the amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. Jesus, lion of the tribe of Judah. Then one of the elders said to me, do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He's able to open the scroll and its seven seals. Jesus is Lord. He said to them, How is it then that David, speaking by the Spirit, calls him Lord? For he said, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. Ruler of God's creation. To the angel of the church in Laodicea write, these are the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. Jesus, Lord of lords and King of kings. They will wage war against the Lamb, but the Lamb will triumph over them because He is the Lord of lords and the King of kings. And with Him will be His called, chosen, and faithful followers. High priest. Such a high priest truly meets our need, one who is holy, blameless, pure, set apart from sinners, exalted above the heavens. Unlike the other high priests, he doesn't need to offer sacrifices day after day, first for his own sins and then for the sins of people. He sacrificed for their sins once and for all when he offered himself. Jesus, man of sorrow, he was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised, and we esteemed him not. Master. Remember what I told you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you also. If they obeyed my teaching, they will obey yours also. Jesus, mediator. For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. This has now been witnessed to at the proper time. Jesus, Messiah. The woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he'll explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, am he. Good Shepherd. I am the Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Passover lamb. Get rid of the old yeast so that you may be a new unleavened batch, as you really are. For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Jesus, morning star. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright 
morning star. Rabbi. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher. Where are you staying? Resurrection and life. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Righteous one, was there ever a prophet your ancestors did not persecute? They even killed those who predicted the coming of the righteous one. And now you have betrayed and murdered him. Lord of all, you know the message God sent to the people of Israel announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. Jesus, Savior. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Son of man. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because this man too is the son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Jesus is the Amen. These are the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness. Jesus is Son of the Most High. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Jesus, the horn of salvation. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant, David. The Word. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. Jesus, the Lamb of God. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and he said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Can I stop there? I gave you 50. Primarily the New Testament. There are some theologians that say we could find 600. right here. The whole earth is full of his glory. But it's like we spend time, church, driving around in the dark. Not seeing him for who he is. Because if we see him for who he is, then our souls will thrive and flourish. We're going to take communion together. We think about Jesus, particularly as the, the Lamb of God who came to take away the sin 
of the world. And the way, if you're at home, you can begin getting the, the elements ready as you were instructed in the email. If you're here with us and you're just, you're, you're at a place where you feel like, I haven't really put my trust in Jesus. I, I'm not sure if I'm a Christian. I'm not sure if I want to be a Christian. Thank you for being here. We're glad that you're here. I hope that you'll even talk to someone that you know from the church or even me if you have any questions. But communion, the scripture tells us, is reserved for those who have put their trust in the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world. So I want to ask the ushers, if that's, if that's you, go ahead and take the, the, the communion elements, and we're going to share it together. The question we really should ask ourselves is this, though. What keeps us, if this is who Jesus really is... If I just read 50 names and titles for Jesus, what keeps us from seeing him for who he really is? Why does that happen? Why do we experience soul shrivel at times? The answer has to be that we take our eyes off of Jesus. Because as we see Jesus for who he is, we, we have this longing for him, this love for him. But other times of life, I find that I would rather look at other things than Jesus. I would rather look to other things to give me what Jesus promises to give me. And so communion is an opportunity to have God put the lights on, as it were, in our lives so that we can see Jesus for who he is. Sometimes we don't allow our love for Jesus to flourish in just simple steps of obedience. Trusting him and doing what he's called us to do is one of the ways in which we demonstrate our love for him. We get distracted. So what this opportunity is an opportunity to do is to just sit before God. To remember what John says about him, that he's the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And I want you to consider, maybe there's one of those 50 names that I shared. Is there one that jumped out at you when you think of Jesus being this for you? Take a moment to thank him for who he is. And take a moment to confess any sin that, that he brings to mind. That you might confess it, be freed from it, and be reminded that he is the Son of God who came to take away those sins. Let's just sit before him and consecrate ourselves to him. Contemplate all that he is for us. And may our souls thrive and expand.